Free for all Friday, the world, according to Pierre. Flagler Live. Everybody's got an opinion. Brian McMillan, you've always got one. Shouldn't call people names, Pierre. Uh, <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> Why? What did he call somebody? I missed he it. He called the school board clueless. That's that's calling that's him a called name. A name? Oh, yeah, okay. I'd say so. Is that bullying the school board? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's he's entitled to his opinion. He feels the school board is, you know, needs to be doing things differently. So that's right. There you go. All right. And do it their way or the Pierre way or some other way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but that's good. Everybody gets their voice on it. Hey, we've got a new friend in the studio, Dale Martin, this morning. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great. Good to have you in. Dale is our new Flagler Beach City Manager. And um, are you happy about that? I'm loving it. It's been a very exciting first month look right. forward to many more months all right so brian and i are gonna poke and prod and find out about you and uh, so rather than asking other people we just want to go to you yourself and get it straight perfect so. thank you all right no middlemen here right right on how's all got brian since yep. this is your first week of owning the um the palm coast observer how's yeah. it going as the uh the big guy <laughs> uh it's very busy there's a lot of um i feel like i haven't really got it started on the quote-unquote real job because most of it is like, oh, yeah, we have to figure out, you know, we have to get signed up for payroll, insurance, all these other kind of things. And that's been a lot of uh, a lot more time than I expected. Of course, you business types, you know this. So maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised. But we're also going to be moving our offices. That's been taking a lot of uh, energy. But, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to be moving from Florida Park Drive to Leone Way, which is kind of near the library. Mm-hmm. Um, got everything all set there. But. We haven't moved it yet, so we're going to be doing that next week, and there won't be any disruption for any for anything, but um, just in our lives. <laughs> yeah, overwhelming a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, a lot of lot of a uh, lot of responsibility. So okay, all right. Well, great. Are you but having fun good. doing it? That's yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing that's really energizing is working with the team that's there. I mean, I already knew most of the people there at the at the Observer from working with them before, but um, I'm just Every day, I'm just impressed by everyone's dedication to it, and everyone has, um, everyone wants what's best for the community, and it just so happens that that's also what's really best for the observer. So it's that's why it's such a great job to work in, and I'm sure Dale, you feel the same way. You know, what what's good for the city of Flagler Beach, that's what your job is. So it's kind of and and with the radio station too. So um, I think that, uh, but you know, the more I'm thinking through it and you realize that that's how I think the business community ideally would, would be operating. I think they do. Um, I've met a lot of people and talked to a lot of people about, um, you know, being involved in different things. And, and that is, uh, everybody realizes that the more prosperous we are all together, everyone, everyone kind of, um, prospers together. So, well, the city of Flagler beach, is a business and, um, but the structure is a lot different because you're not the, uh, the president and CEO, and you've got to answer to a board of directors, the commission, and the commission answers to voters. And there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of misinformation, a lot of, uh, you know, misperceptions and, and things like that. Being a city manager, I've known a lot of them, as I'm sure you have, is probably, I think, one of the toughest jobs there is out there. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, my daughter moved down with me uh, in January, shortly before I was terminated in Fernandina Beach. So I appointed her my uh, chief of staff as we went around and interviewed throughout the state. Uh, and she saw the dysfunctionality of many boards across the state. And she says, Dad, why do you want to keep doing this? Um, <laughs> and I said, I, I truly enjoyed the ability to, to help lead communities forward. So, all right, well, listen, so, um, so where are you from originally? Tell us a little bit about you personally, and then we'll jump to uh, Fernandina Beach and what happened there, and then we'll go from there forward. So what about you personally? I was born and raised uh, in metropolitan Detroit, lived my, most of my life there, uh, went to, got an undergraduate degree from a small liberal arts college in mid-Michigan in political science, uh, went on to get my master's degree in public administration from a suburban Detroit university. Uh, then I went on active duty uh, for the Army. I was an infantry and intelligence officer for f- four years. Uh, they rushed us through training. That was in the early 90s um, when uh, Operation Desert Storm 
Um, that conflict was initiated and completed relatively quickly. Um, so I got to spend the bulk of my four years in uh, Schweinfurt, Germany, uh, two years as an infantry officer, and then I became a brigade intelligence officer. Uh, my primary area of responsibility was uh, the Balkans. That's when Yugoslavia was was being fractured, uh, tracking the the bands of militia that were plundering uh, Bosnia. Um, so got out of the service and figured uh, I had the uh, leadership and management training, the best in the world through the U.S. military, had the education and, and got started in city management. What's, what's something you learned from the military service that still kind of impacts you and helps kind of guide your philosophy of leadership today? Trust your staff. You know, put, put the right people in. Um, don't hesitate. If, if they're not doing the job, don't hesitate to replace them. Um, because they're the ones that will make me look good, make the city look good, make the city commission look good. But yeah, don't hesitate. And I can't do everything. Um, so it, you got to trust your junior staff uh, implicitly and fully. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably the best lesson that I've learned from the military. Okay. Um, so I started in a small town, somewhat uh, similar to Fernandina Beach. Uh, it was the town of Lexington, Michigan, population of 800, uh, right on the shores of Lake Huron. Uh, worked there for two and a half years. Uh, went to a larger uh, suburban Flint community. So I was in the Flint area uh, when the water crisis was developing, but nobody knew it was developing yet. Uh, served there for almost eight, eight and a half, nine years. Went, uh, made the worst career, made what turns out to be the worst career move in my life was uh, I chased the money. Went to a town um, and it just didn't work out. We both saw that it didn't work out. So I was in the town of Dewajack, Michigan, southwest corner of Michigan for about six months. Uh, we parted ways amicably. I went back to a suburban Flint community for two and a half years. Um, was terminated there uh, due to uh, city commission uh, wanting to go a different path. Um, so then I left Michigan, went to Connecticut, served in a rundown mill town in northwestern Connecticut. Uh, for four and a half years um, before uh, stumbling into a great opportunity in Fernandina Beach. Uh, served in Fernandina Beach for over seven and a half years and um, probably what I've been led to believe is the longest tenure of a city manager in about 35 years in Fernandina Beach. Um, we had an election in November um, and they again wanted to go a different path. Um, so I was terminated on a three to two vote in March. And I again think... Um, part of me wants to send them a thank you note because I've ended up in, uh, <laughs> so you know, what was the, what, why did the, the, the guys that wanted you out or whatever on the board, why, well, what didn't they like about you? Uh, they did not apparently like the involvement, the direction or the passion of one of the city commissioners, um, who was, um, probably one of the best city commissioners I've ever worked with, uh, commissioner Chip Ross. Um, he was, a he is a retired emergency room physician, uh, probably one of the best uh, prepared and educated city commissioners. Uh, our agenda packets were usually about 800 to 1,000 pages mm. long. <laughs> he would print them out, tab them, read them, highlight them word for word. Um, he did his work, and um, we would disagree, uh, but it was perceived that that I was working only for Commissioner Ross. Um, so in, in pretty simple terms, they couldn't fire him, so they fired me. Um, and they moved on, um, going forward. But, uh, the challenge in Fernandina beach was, uh, the comparisons between Nassau County and Flagler County are somewhat interesting that Flagler County seems to be much further ahead of Nassau and population wise, but Nassau County seems to be further ahead. And you can put ahead in quotes, um, in the development aspect, uh, cause Nassau County, from what I understand the, the, the road to Amelia Island and Fernandina beach from 95, used to look like the undeveloped, much shorter road from 95 to Flagler Beach, but it's now been overrun with commercial development. If you were in the Orange Park area, it, 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 the fear is that the road to Amelia Island is becoming Blanding Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And will it's- that eventually get to here? Yes, you know, uh, sadly, in, in some regards, uh, but hopefully generations away from now. <laughs> so um, Fernandina Beach, it's more upscale than Flagler Beach. Yes, sir. My perception of it is like, you know, real nice, like, you know, the hotels and uh, but um, but it's still a coastal community still has all the beach erosion problems and a lot of similarities like that. Yes, we have uh, 
we have beach renourishment programs. We were fortunate up there. Uh, a lot of the cost of uh, beach renourishment was mitigated because of the uh, channel needing to be dredged to get to the uh, ballistic missile submarine base. So the Navy was pretty much have to dredge that channel on an annual basis. So it's cheaper for the Navy to dump the sand on the beaches up on Amelia Island than it is to take it to an offshore disposal site. So uh, there's pretty much an annual renourishment program up in uh, Amelia Island. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Mm. It seems like um, w- when it comes to, you know, switching city managers, it happens, you know, happens a lot. I mean, you've had, if you're, ha- if you're, if it's a, if it's a full career of being a city manager, you probably have moved. I mean, everybody has moved around a lot in that role. It seems like that I've, that I've met at least. Um, and it seems like part of the reason is that the city, the elected officials, they only hire and fire two people, the, the attorney, city attorney and the, the city manager. And if you're running, you know, to make a change, well, what can you change? Um, and that's one of the things that you can change. So it seems like the city manager position is often kind of targeted or under under fire, uh, which is seems like that's that would be hard to have that job. Like David Ayers just said, like that seems like one of the hardest jobs, and that seems like one of the reasons to me. So how do you go about, you know, your how how do you develop those relationships with the city commissioners and help them to see like um, what what you're all about? It takes time to develop those relationships, and I think the residents and the staff in Fernandina Beach became to recognize the value of stability in the city manager position because, in my mind, local government is all about relationship building, talking to people like you, talking to local business owners, residents, things like that. You build those relationships, and that takes time. Um, In addition to my responsibilities for for running the city, so the, the long-term stability really has an impact. Um, Fernandina Beach recognized that shortly before I got there. They had an election cycle similar to Flagler Beach, where you have an election every single year. And so what happens is somebody gets elected, and you really you only have six months of grace before the next election cycle begins. And so that so what Fernandina Beach did is they went to a similar, I believe, the way Palm Coast and Flagler County do, they go to elections on even-numbered years. So mm-hmm. they went from three-year terms to four-year terms, and that added stability both in this. That allowed for stability to develop at the city manager position and allowed me to work there for seven and a half years because you have a chance to uh, teach city commissioners how municipal government operates because there's not many requirements to be a city commissioner. You need to be 18 years old, and you need to live in the city. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way... Business board of directors, you hire the best and the brightest to be on a private board of directors, and um, you just hope that good city commissioners, good people run for city commission. I've seen strong city managers. I've seen weak city managers, and I've seen city managers that surround themselves with people that are so they're really not in touch with, um, you know, if you call the city manager, oh, you talk to my assistant or talk to or talk to or talk to. And, and to me, it seems like, I mean, those are different styles or structures to it. But it seems to me the, the most successful are always the strong city manager. Um, I think if there's a perception that a city manager is not in charge, not knows what they're doing, doesn't have the respect of people, then it just overruns on them. And then other people try to take control. Um, you know, and, and, and also in a city manager that tries to make everybody happy fails, too, because Maybe that would be a weak city manager as opposed to, um, and like you said, there's people that are elected that don't have a clue as to utilities. They don't have a clue to budget management. They don't have a clue to all these different things. And then they get emotional about things, and then they start making stupid decisions and conclusions because they're emotional about it or they're influenced by their neighbor or friend or something like that. So to me, a strong city manager that stands up for employees, a strong city manager that communicates with the community and keeps the commission updated one-on-one is always the most successful one, Um, not one that tries to keep all the commissioners happy and everything. But you earn the respect of the commissioners, then you earn the respect of the citizens and the community. Um, It just seems like it's a lot smoother sailing and a lot more gets done that way. I don't know, is that a... I think that's a fair assessment. One of the things that I'd like to do is that I've done throughout my career, I haven't picked it up here yet, is um, 
I've been a city manager for over 25 years now, and in every community I've worked, I've written a weekly newspaper column. Mm. Um, and in Fernandina Beach, it was it was uh, embargoed for the online community, um, but it was published every Friday. Um, and I, I've often had compliments from the local media in, in several places that said that lets people, you know, it's it's unedited. You, if I send it to you, Brian, it's like you you print it, mm-hmm. um, and it gives me an opportunity to have the community get to know me as a person and not just a bureaucrat behind a desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I enjoy, look forward to doing that again. Uh, Good. I'll, I'll be okay. ready to do that. Yeah. Um, I'd love to meet with you about that and see that happen. That yep. would be, that would be cool. And, and I meet with, uh, I strive to meet with the city commissioners uh, on a one-on-one basis every week for at least an hour. Um, so yeah, I think communication is the key. Uh, be upfront, be open. Um, I always you know, look at the argument about transparency because, yeah, for the most part, government is always transparent. I'd like to think that. Uh, I subscribe to that. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting. But, yes, communication, I think, is the key. And surrounding yourself with good staff. So you, you talk about the staff a minute ago. I was wondering, could you name names? You know, tell us, <laughs> sure. tell, tell us a, a good person or two that you've met that you think, like, this is someone on the staff that is, is a real, you know, standout to you. I know you could, I'm sure you could mention everybody, but can you think of like one or two that, that, that you could highlight? I, I was very successful in recruiting staff in Fernandina beach, surrounded myself with good people. Um, my human resources director, Denise Matson, she was the former uh, human resources director in Naples for 30 years. Um, just impeccable with the way that she conduct herself. You know, she, uh, unilaterally helped uh, revise the pay and classification system, um, implemented some uh, some policies and procedures that the commission adopted unanimously. This is in Fernandina this Beach. This is Fernandina Beach, right? Can you think of people who live here in Flagler Beach or in Flagler County? Yeah, I don't. I just don't you have. Haven't that. met them yet, right? I haven't. That, How that, would you? I've got to. Let me get you off the hook here. How um, do you <laughs> describe your management style? It, it's hands off. Um, I've described myself as a symphony conductor. I'd like to think of myself in that way that my job is to get all the parts to work together. And you tell me what resources you need. And I've, I've often told, or I told the city commission when they interviewed me, my job is to know a wide range of stuff, but at a depth that's just enough that I can sound credible. My staff, they're much more narrowly focused, so they need to know significantly more depth, but only about a very limited scope. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's how that all works. So what really ticks you off in, at work? What makes you mad? Or, like, Social media, it? Facebook, you know, <laughs> that it's, uh, yeah, the, the misinformation and then the way that, uh, unfortunately people instantly gain credibility. But I think what's even worse is the subsequent people that continue to give those people credibility. Um, I think if you want to know the information, go to the appropriate sites, whether it's websites, Facebook sites, um, and get the information directly from the city or from the business themselves instead of relying on um, what's out there on social media. So have you had a, a Flagler Beach residents come in and go, I just want you to know I'm a resident here, and you know they kind of position themselves off the, the bat or how many My come taxes, in pay right. your salaries. Yeah, yeah, you work for I've, me. <laughs> I've, I've yet to have that happen, but inevitably it will. It happens everywhere, and the, the people that there are certain citizens that the names and faces change, but there's, they're in every community that you work in. It's in every tribe. You, Correct. You've got right. uh, those characters. Yeah, wherever you go. All right. So, um, what's the biggest challenge? You know, you're looking at. I know you're assessing and taking in tons of information and listening to a lot of people in your a lot of meetings. And thank you for taking time to be with us this morning. Um, what is the biggest? If you had a, your top three things that okay, these are three things that uh, you need to tackle as soon as you can. Uh, obviously, the first one is the budget. Uh, Mr. Abels did a great job with the staff of doing the preliminary, preliminary heavy lifting for the budget, uh, but I got to pick it up and take it across the finish line. So our our first public hearing on the city budget is next Thursday. And, and what is a what's the annual budget for Flagler Beach roughly? It's about eight million dollars total. But there, there's been some things that, in my mind, have not been included in the budget that we need to include, like our reserve funds. So that'll probably bump the total budget to just north of $10 million, but that doesn't affect the... Uh, That's a small budget. Well, so, somewhat small. Yeah, right. what was the budget in Fernandina? 
the general fund budget was $25 million. Okay. All right. Okay. Population was about three times the size, though. So, mm-hmm. and, and the taxable value was substantially larger in Fernandina as well. So budget, picking up that, taking that across the finish line. But I think the staff and the commission and Mr. Abels did a great job of doing the preliminary work. Uh, second is going to be managing um, and communicating about the projects going on downtown. The hotel, the new hotel, uh, is supposed to break ground on Monday and start their work. Wow. And then we, uh, we've got the simultaneous project of the beach renourishment as well as the pier reconstruction. So I think uh, downtown is going to be uh, disrupted um, probably for the next two to three years. Wow. Yeah, so you're talking parking. Cause, so, okay, and the pier is also, when, when are they supposed to start redoing the pier? Uh, that's supposed to start next year. Uh, they're supposed to do the beach renourishment um, starting next July. Um, through October, and then uh, then the pier is supposed to be mobilized in uh, October of next year, and that should be done in December of twenty six. And and to build the finish building the uh, the hotel on Flagler Beach would be what's their timeline? To- two years. Two years. Eighteen months actually. Wow. So so parking will be at a premium, right? Correct. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back. Dale Martin is our guest, the new city manager at Flagler Beach. Brian McNolan in the studio. we got a bunch of people out in the lobby that are going to come in and talk about some things going on this weekend with the 911 uh, ceremonies and things. So we'll be right back on Free For All Friday. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. You know what I like about people who drive Mercedes? They have an appreciation for quality. Hi, I'm Andy from Autohouse of Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes-Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes-Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy. I'm in the Hardgrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me. Everybody else has. Or call me anytime. 585-4785. Autohouse Palm Coast. See this? It's a generator for your home. Never needs gas, no moving parts, and it's quiet as a church mouse. Hurricane or power outage headed our way? No worries now. It's a solar generator for your home that works day and night and pays for itself through energy savings and tax credit. Hi folks, this is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. We're your Tesla certified Powerwall installer and the future is here. Give us a call today for all the details. 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net. Woolsey Morcom Attorneys at Law is here. Insurance companies don't like us for good reasons, and I can give you millions of reasons. I'm Josh Woolsey. Car crash? personal injury call us first offices jacksonville and now palm coast woolseymorkham.com 9:32 free for all friday i'm david ayers brian mcmillan our publisher the palm coast observer in the studio with us this morning and checking out the new guy out there at flagler beach dale martin he is our new city manager and um Sounds like uh, sounds like you're into it, and you, you know, you've, and you said you had a daughter. Tell us a little bit about your your daughter. She's actually I have three daughters. Oh. Um, oldest one is thirty. They um, uh, she has my grandson. She's married. Has my grandson Boston, who's be two at Christmas, and then I have twin daughters Abigail and Megan. Megan is a nurse. She works uh, up in Michigan, and she just got married in May. And then daughter Abigail is the one that moved down with me. Uh, the twin of Megan and Abigail has uh, just completed her master's degree in Homeland Security and counterterrorism. So she's looking to find a job uh, in that area. So uh, that's why she moved down here, try to build on some of the contacts that I had in, in law enforcement and federal government. So. All right. Well, good. All right. That well, sounds great. Like everybody's on their way. And yep. love and life. Great. Lots of love in the family. Yes, sir. That's awesome. The um, budget you were talking about, 8 to $10 million or whatever for Flagler Beach this year, um, is it? 
are you short on money on things? Are you worried? And I know the legislature had given some. But let's talk about the budget first, then we'll go back to the legislative session. Uh, budget should be fine. Um, there's a little bit of uh, extra money that uh, I have to challenge the city commission with and find out whether they want to use that for um, other needs that they want to address or uh, adjust the tax rate. Uh, but we're talking about $250,000 um, to address you know possible needs or opportunities that, that they want. Um, what's, but a, what's an example of a possible need that they might want to address? Um, pavement management. I think uh, one of the things, what I'm finding is I think the staff there is exceptionally um, trained and dedicated to doing the hands-on tasks. Um, but I think I need to develop some of the management skills. And um, I think there's some things that the city has just grown and we've always done it that way. Um, and one of the things I think we need to look at is a, uh, doing an inventory of our roads and developing a, a scientific plan on how to maintain our roads over the course of the next 20 to 30 years. And you study the, the pavement condition. So, well, why are you paving that street this year? Is it because Mr. McMillan lives on the street or the mayor lives on the street? Nope. Here's a scientific plan, rate the roads and determine and, and, and be able to do that. So that pavement management survey and, and software to do something like that. Um, I think are, are some of the, that's probably one of the key things. How diversified is your tax base uh, with residential, commercial? Where does the money come from? Predominantly uh, residential, um, but there is a substantial amount of commercial. But there's there's minimal industrial, so it's it's relatively balanced between commercial and residential. Where do you go from here with Flagler Beach? I'm in in of course you know a lot of people think Flagler Beach doesn't start till you cross the bridge, but in fact it's a lot more than that. Um, and uh, the mainland of Flagler County and everything. Is there um, any room for annexations? I mean, is there... Um... It doesn't appear to be at this point in time. Uh, you can't... All of annexations uh, pretty much have to be voluntary at this point in time. Um, and because the, the communities work well together in this area with... Uh, the key thing is public safety, police and fire. Um, so when the mutual aid of police and fire cross the bridge, cross the borders to support each other. Uh, sometimes people can be parochial, and I don't necessarily blame them for that, but if they're getting the service, why should they voluntarily increase their taxes and get an additional $2,000 on their tax bill when the residents of Flagler Beach are already paying for it uh, in benefit? But that's a challenge throughout the state of Florida. Um, are these, overall, do you think the taxes that the average homeowner on Flagler Beach do you think they're getting a bargain on what they're paying for taxes compared to other Atlantic coastal communities? When you break down the taxes, and I've, I've worked with the uh, tax collector here to get a list of parcel-by-parcel parcel taxes, and when you look at there's approximately 4,500 parcels in the city of Flagler Beach. When you look at the median tax bill strictly for, for Flagler Beach, and I put a dollar in a jug every time I say Fernandina Beach instead of Flagler Beach. <laughs> I'll be able to budget the city next year. But um, the median tax bill in the city of Flagler Beach is approximately $1,100. Um, so $1,100, 50% of that goes for public safety, police and fire. Um, so when you factor that in, you know, you're getting 24-7 police and fire coverage for mere pennies or less than a dollar a day. So I think city government is exceptionally effective and efficient. Um, you don't notice things until they don't work. You know, we have our own water system and how you don't think twice when you turn on the water, like, do I really want to drink it? You don't hesitate. The same thing when you flush the toilet, it goes away. Um, so I think we do a good job. Um, we need to be efficient. We need to respond to the citizen concerns about um, what, what quality of life enhancements do they want us to do. Um, it was a few years ago. I took a, a tour of the. You know, I know you don't call it a sewer plant anymore. It's called wastewater. the wastewater. There you go. Well, either way, and I remember going out there, and it, it looked kind of run down and old, and, and and tomato plants growing everywhere. And I was told, "Hey, these are the best tomatoes you'll ever get." You know, <laughs> and, and that's another project that's ongoing. Is uh, we are about to. Uh, move forward with the construction of a brand new wastewater treatment. Plant. So is the wastewater treatment plant right now, is it up to, um, to code, I guess, would, or is it? Oh, most assuredly the state, you, you don't have much room for error with the state on that. It, I think the only problems we ran into, um, recently is some of the storms of last year, um, led to some, uh, 
unauthorized discharges. Um, I think they were more or less confined to the to the area around the wastewater treatment plant, but those are corrected. Uh, but no, the state, you don't get any slack from the state on wastewater treatment or water treatment. So you need to replace the whole wastewater treatment plant, right? Yes, sir. And change the way, uh, the plan is to change the way we actually treat it. Right now, with the, you know, once you dewater the sludge, right now the, the sludge goes onto drying beds, it's dried, and then we, we truck the sludge out um, for a disposal site. Um, we're going to be going to a different method of doing that with a screw press so we won't have the drying beds. Um, so it'll make the plant much more efficient. That's where the tomato plants were in the drying dry beds. Bed. Yeah, right. yeah. Are they still out there? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They look great. They're, these are healthy tomatoes. Anyway, um, so the state lets a lot of money because a, a wastewater treatment plant right now is probably more than your entire annual budget, I would guess. Yeah, we're currently looking at... Uh, We've got some state grants for that, uh, but you're probably looking at a twenty to thirty million dollar project. Wow. Okay. But and but the and the, the legislature, I know you put in for that. That's an ask. And right. so we've gotten a substantial amount of money from the state legislature and and other granting agencies, St. John's River Water Management as well. Okay. Uh, and we're we're looking at um, they did an initial request for qualifications for contractors. That was back in January. I think they've kind of slow walked it, waiting. There's a lot of things like, let's wait for the new guy to get here. So um, I need to start mm -hmm. reviewing that and, and figure out how to, how to proceed on those projects. Yeah, it's time to get the asks together for uh, this coming year already. It's, uh, right. it's like, boy, it happens fast. So, yeah, with all the development on John Anderson, is that would you be providing utility services for those developments on the Intracoastal down John Anderson? Yes, uh Long ago, there was agreement struck between the the appropriate entities, Flagler County, Palm Coast, and the city of Flagler Beach, uh, for utility service areas. So those are those come into play. Um, are we have the utility service area um, south on uh, John Anderson? So we're working on uh, how to ha how is that going to impact the development of that area? Okay. So it's a small city. And it's so cool. I think you know Flagler Beach is before moving here. I've been in Florida. 40 years in southwest florida and like i said i was in even lived in in jacksonville orange park area and just never really heard about flagler beach and you know a drive past never heard of palm coast either in all fairness to it until we started radio stations here but it, it is kind of an unknown um to a lot of people flagler beach that have been around for a long time in the orlando area and everything when you say flagler beach they go oh, where's that you know heard of it it seems like so, a, a lot of that has got to be the fact that there's not there's no big hotels where people could go and easily it's not a, it's not a big magnet because of that i mean i think it, i think flagler beach and even flagler county is in a in an interesting niche between daytona and saint augustine and as they grow in the appropriate directions and start to squeeze us um yeah i think we'll start to have more attention um I know that was a challenge we had in Fernandina Beach was um, uh, they had a very successful tourist development council, uh, did great jobs advertising, and now the problem is watch what you ask for. And if you start wanting people to come here, well, watch what happens when you get overrun because it does change your, your quality of life, your standard of life. Um, so I think let's enjoy the the low, low impact for, for as long as we can. Okay. Well, before you, when you were in Fernandina, um, I know, and you, you know, you still had your job and everything, Flagler Beach radar. What was your perception of Flagler Beach, if any, before you came here? I found, I, I, we did, family did quite a few A1A tours driving down, just enjoying the coastline. Um, and yeah, every time I drove through it, uh, it struck me as, yep, uh, uh, interestingly unique community, um, a beach boy type, you know, there's the, it's it's got an interesting vibe to it and it, it always appealed to me and actually when i go back and look at my historic records i have to find the letter yet but i originally applied for the city manager job in flagler beach in 2010 really um but i i could go back and find that original letter but i didn't get the job and in all honesty i probably wasn't prepared to get it then um so i'm glad that i developed the skill set in fernandina beach to to help bring this coastal community along the way that they want it to go 
All right. So the so you're all in favor because there's always people going, you know, hey, you know, the police department's expensive, fire department's expensive. Uh, you know, we should just do away with them and contract with the county to take over. You've got those people to it. Is it is it does it pay for itself? The police department, fire department, is it affordable? And um is it important to, to have that in a small community? Definitely. And again, we ran into this challenge in Fernandina Beach where people are like, yep, it's getting too costly. Why don't you disband them and go with the county? Um, Fernandina Beach actually changed their charter to disband the police or fire department requires a vote of the people, which I don't think you'd, you'd ever be able to sustain in that community or any community. Um, but what's interesting in the small town police departments is the responsiveness um, and, and the knowledge that that small department, I mean, we only have roughly 15 officers uh, on our staff. Um, so uh, it becomes the responsiveness and the knowledge of individual residents um, and the community that the local police department is able to provide. The sheriff has a lot of response. He's such a much larger geographic area, and, and they got to cover the whole area. And they can't devote the time and resources that, that our staff can. Okay. I know, Matt. Downey, I think it's I think it's cool that I mean just like in Bunnell, uh, you know Chief Brandon, uh, you know people know him and it it's part of the the culture I think of a community when you have your own local police department and and your fire department and like you say it's you know they they really know what's going on and it, it's 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 a good thing so I'm glad you feel that way so. And I'm sure the residents do well most of them do some of them don't right. but you know like the guy they were trying to find last night probably doesn't but. I don't have an update on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, any final, we're going to wrap up this section here. We're going to let you get back to work because we've got 50 people out in the lobby that are want to come in and talk about what they have going on this weekend and Monday for the uh, 9-11. And we certainly want to give attention to all of that here in the community but any final words of, of wisdom from dale martin our new city manager for flagler beach uh well i look forward to completing my transition and officially moving down here and uh setting down long time roots and uh look forward to serving this commission and community uh for as long as possible but i, I think it's going to be an exciting time in flagler beach okay and your um weekly report and that kind of a thing too um think about voicing it if it's not too and sending it to us you know read it and send it to because we want audio brian wants the text on it and uh, we'll see if we can work it into uh you know i think like if you don't tell people what's going on they make up what's going on exactly no yeah. i'd look forward to that opportunity I'd, I'd welcome that and hopefully i can uh set the meet the standard that you set for uh communication in this community we'll let you know <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right. Dale Martin, have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate your time. We're going to take a break and we'll be back. It's all about 9-11 and some ceremonies here. And uh, I see a lot of people in the lobby. We'll be right back on Free For All Friday. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. So I wanted to come back to Pompos where I live and they gave me the opportunity to work with them. What we're trying to do is really help provide more efficiency in how government officials are being able to see their data and so that they can also improve the type of um, decision making. If you're planning on driving your car for a while, you better take care of it now. And if your air conditioning isn't blowing cold, we can fix it before the whole thing goes out and save you money. Do you know where we are? We've consolidated into one great location. Quantum tires and auto repair. We do it all at our new location, State Road 11 and the railroad tracks in Bunnell. You'll see us. Quantum tires and auto repair. We do it all. 437-3677. 437-3677. Quantum. Quantum, quantum, Joe Wright. Nobody says it like Joe Wright does. Let's hear you try to say it like uh, Joe Wright. Quantum tires. Let's hear you try it. 
Quantire. Brian? Quantum. There you go. Let's hear you say it. Quantum tires. There oh, that you was go. All right. hey. is, he being, is he being charged for this? Yeah, he wins. Hey, that was, a, that was a really good plug right there. For, it was. For Joe Wright. Yeah, we'll charge him for it. That's all right. <laughs> I support it. Lacey Martin. Lacey Boy, Martin. You are all about uh, around town. You're our morning or our weekend uh, girl on uh, Kicks Country 98.7. And, I am. I am. And uh, heavily involved. Heather Thompson in here, too. With, good morning. Um, and uh, you guys, I go, there's a lot going on with a, a 9-11 on Monday and for the weekend. So I'd ask you to come in and just kind of give us a rundown because it's a little bit confusing. So let's start with the first ceremony that I've heard, I believe, is that the uh, the Blue Knights thing? Yeah, or, so that's okay. Sunday. The Blue Knights are part of it. The Punishers, the Monster Motorcycle, Flagler County. There's a lot of involvement there. That's the 17th annual 9-11 Memorial Riding Ceremony. It starts at the Flagler County Courthouse. They're going to end at uh, 1405 Saloon. Um, food is served. Kickstands go up at 1030. It's a great event. They've done it for 17 years now, and it's to pay tribute to 9-11. And it is a police escorted ride, 70 miles, no stopping. 70 miles? Yeah. Where, and it goes really quick, actually. Okay. Yeah. And, and it goes from? From the courthouse, and then they ride down US-1 and around, I guess, and then they end <laughs> at 1405. Okay. Does it take less than an hour at 70 miles? I think so. I've never participated <laughs> on the bike. All right. <laughs> I've okay. done it a few times. Yeah, go well. Okay, well, well tell how many how many people are um, how how big is the motorcade or whatever you call it? It depends. I mean, they they could run up to 150, 200 people. Will you introduce Most yourself? Time. We have oh. to know who you are. Yes. It's oh, hi. Event. I'm uh, Rich Glover. Hey, Rich Glover. How are you? T- thanks right. for coming in. Yeah, sure. And uh, were you um, a firefighter in yes. New York? Yes. Yes, I was. Were you a firefighter when 9/11 happened? Yes, I was. Tell us about that day, that because we do need to hear the stories. I mean, sometimes I hate asking people to relive something, but I think we need to. Oh, without a doubt. It's, okay. Uh, I'm glad to be here. This is, uh, thank you. So what happened on that day for you? <laughs> what happened? It just, uh, it went from a beautiful day into a total mess in, in an hour. And basically this is on, so on Monday, We'll have this. I'll do a whole speech and exactly explain what went on as per events. Um, the world turned upside down. And right now... Where were you when all of a sudden you got the call or... I was in a firehouse in uh, New York. Which was how far from the uh, World Trade Center? <laughs> My firehouse that I was working in is Midtown. And what happened was I worked overtime. I was off that day, and I went up to the Bronx, which would be, I don't know, 20 miles, maybe 10 miles. Mm. Wow. So what did they oh, say? Right. What was the first call? I mean, when nobody really knew what the hell was even happening, what did they... Correct. What, was the, what were you guys talking about? Like, what did you think it was? When you first seen it, you thought it was a small plane, which happened a couple of times before. You know, a private plane hit the building, and the thought was... On such a beautiful day, it's clear out. There's not. How could somebody, you know, do this? Mm-hmm. Wow. When you got a vision of it, when the news cameras, the uh, the news helicopters were up, and once you started seeing it on the TV, you realized the fire involved was a lot more than um, a private little plane. When the second one hit, you were under attack. Mm-hmm. And everything shut down. That, that was, the city went on shutdown, which is, I mean, it, you get 10 And minutes. you were trained for something like this that, yes, like a big disaster like that. So you oh, guys sure. were, knew, yeah. knew what to do. Right? We did. We, uh, we lost over 50% of the men that day. And 75% of the staff chiefs, they would call them, people in charge. So it, it became a little chaotic. and um, Do you have health problems from it today? I'm not complaining. All right. Okay. No, I, there are 1,700, or 17,000, I'm sorry. 17,000 people right now on a program with lung, uh, sinus, and cancers are eating us up at a big number. What do you want people to know that a lot of 
you know, it was so long ago now. It's, you know... 22 years. 22 years. There's, I mean, uh, you know, people, a lot of adults and were running businesses and are... Uh, they weren't even born when it happened. It's like, it's like us like thinking, you know, back about World War Two or something. You know, it's that far in the distance in the past. What? Uh, how do you? What do you want people to think about it today? How can parents teach their children that this is something? What? What? Right. What do you want them to know? How do you want it to be remembered? And they should teach their children about this. This is history. It should be taught. They. The memorials they set up at these sites, the Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, are amazing places that were thought out 100%. I, you couldn't find one problem with each one. And it, it goes through the history of how this country was attacked at that time. And the kids, they don't probably don't teach it in school. You know, and, mm. and Do the schools ask you to come and speak about it? That was a long time ago. So it's like kind of faded as a relevant thing to... It's all relative to uh, Pearl Harbor. Okay. 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 Yeah. A More federal, people... A federal bill was passed last year um, to recognize it as Patriot Day in schools and to talk about it. So hopefully we're right. in the right all direction. Right. I know the schools in New York will be off tomorrow, uh, Monday. Wow. Right. But the... Um, More people were killed at the Trade Center then we're killed at Pearl Harbor. Wow. So, so it's, a, it's a major. We need to hear, and, and, and this is a thing where, okay, nationally, but every local community needs to do their part in keeping right. this forefront in people's minds because, the you know, you learn from history that it'll happen again and, and will if, if you know, we don't we let it. take the right things. So... Tell us, what are we doing? Okay, we started off, and that's why you know, we started off with the uh, bike ride that you're in with the, the Blue Knight. So you want to finish that? The, well, it's a 70-mile ride, and go ahead. So you guys have an event at the Elks. When is that? That be on Monday morning at 8 a.m., and we'll have a whole history of what happened. Mm-hmm. So starting, this is a busy weekend. Uh, so... I'm trying to think okay, well, kind of. If you can chronologically take us through it, okay. So we have that, and then so tomorrow morning I'll be in St. Augustine, which is Saturday morning. Saturday morning, I'll be yeah. in St. Augustine for a tunnels to tower walk, which is related to the Trade Center, mm-hmm. and that starts at eight o'clock in the morning too. And that's a fireman who died in the Trade Center. His brother took up this position, and he pays out the. Um, he pays mortgages for police, firemen, and military that are killed in action. Wow. It's a real good – and nationwide. Mm. Okay. All yeah. right. And then Sunday. what? Then what? So then Sunday you've got – we've got the memorial ride with Knights of Inferno. Mm-hmm. And there's also a golf tournament um, at the Hammock Beach Golf Resort and Spa. That starts at 1230 as registration and shotguns at 1, I believe. And all are welcome. Yep. That's on the ocean course? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. playing, David? Might as first I heard about it. <laughs> All right, okay. So that, then conservatory. Yes. Oh, it's a conservatory. Okay, got it. Yep. And then uh, what? Give us some more here. And then there's my event, which is Monday morning at the Hammock Beach Golf Resort and Spa. That's going to be starting at eight fifteen, and we have an opening ceremony. We do have a seventh grade student from Indian Trails Middle School who's going to be reading a poem about what 9-11 means to him. His dad is actually a Palm Coast firefighter. It's going to be really special. Uh, we have the national anthem, American flag flyover, and I do have 110 climbers who are going to be climbing 110 flights of stairs in tribute of the 9-11 um, tragedy. Um, we do have firefighters. 110 flights. You know, <laughs> 110 steps is enough to stop most people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and these guys are they're going to wear Full their gear, gear too. Full how much? Gear. How much does that gear weigh on your pounds, back? Over 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, 110 flights. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. So the actual climb begins at 8:46 a.m., which is when the towers were struck, and that is when the sirens will sound. It is a very emotional ceremony. Um, it is very patriotic, and it it. It's not a wonderful time to celebrate, but it is a wonderful time to have everyone come together and pay tribute and and really pay homage to those lives that were lost because we did lose 343 firefighters on 9/11. So our locals here, you know, want to come out and pay tribute in in that way. 
All right, it's very special. good. And then what else are we missing? Palm Coast Fire Department. Uh, they are hosting a candlelight memorial service at 7 p.m. at Heroes Memorial Park. Um, they're going to have the Fire Chief Kyle Berryhill and the Palm Coast Mayor David Alfin and performances by the Choral Arts Society. And that is going to be at 7 p.m. at Heroes Memorial. And seats are limited, so they want you to kind of get there early. Okay. So at 8 a.m. at the Elks Lodge mm-hmm. on North King Road, we'll have a uh, ceremony with uh, there's a big memorial out in front that we put up with steel actually from the Trade Center. It's beautiful. And it's uh, one of the largest ones probably in the state. And you'll have speeches. The mayor will be there, of course, and, and okay. dignitaries All along right. the way. And the bagpipes. The bagpipes. All right. Now, do you play bagpipes? No. no. <laughs> he doesn't play golf. Doesn't no. Doesn't wear a skirt. But either, on, a, right? on a point of on a point of the three forty three. To this date, 360 firemen have died due to illnesses mm-hmm. from the Trade Center post. So the total number comes up to six and change, almost 700 guys. Wow. Well, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing and, um, and to everybody that participates. And, and all these things at the Elks Lodge are for the general public to come Correct. to. Correct. And everybody's so. invited and they hope. They would come. All right. Bring the bring your kids and yeah. let them, uh, you know, get the feel for what it is. Heather, anything, final words from you? Um, no, I'm just thankful that you were able to let us talk about the event. And uh, we'll see everybody Monday. Yeah. All right. Very good. And um, is all this in the Observer, Brian? Uh, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> we'll get it, we'll we'll get it online. I, I, I've been to these events before, and they're intense. Yeah. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of tears in the eyes, and uh, you feel proud to know people who made such sacrifice yeah see football live on wnzf tonight uh listen with rich carroll mike licio have a great weekend be safe and uh, get out on uh, the weekend and um you know pay a little uh, thanks to all these these people that risked their lives lost their lives for us have a good one take a drink of milk but the milk's gone sour my funny face makes you laugh Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235CW Bunnell.